Hey there, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Andrea Town. Please go to my website and check out the upcoming comedy dates I have. And also please go to makedominic.com. It's our GoFundMe account. Please donate anything you can. We appreciate it. This week's guest is my friend Alonzo Bowden, and it's a great episode. Sit back, relax, enjoy, and let's go. Mix up in the town, all Welcome to Andrea Town, everybody. I'm really excited to have my friend Alonzo Bowden here today. What's up? What's up, Andrea? This is a very professional setup. Yeah, like I, huh? I got to tell you, the last time I did a podcast like this where they came to me, it was these right. two young comics. Um, they, they were probably still open micers, and, and it was comical. <laughs> like They were like, oh, oh, we got to get a memory card. You mind? I got to run over to the CVS and this and that. <laughs> and while I was doing it, I was texting with, you know, Billy Gardell? Yeah. You know Billy? yeah I'm texting Billy. with Billy about, Billy, I'm giving them your number. You're <laughs> going to do this podcast. He's like, you better not. I said, no, Billy, you need to help the youngsters. You got to do help it. Help the new comic. It you was comical. It, it, it should have been filmed how funny they were yeah. in not knowing what the hell they were doing. It's kind of scary because anybody can get a <laughs> podcast and I, you know, and I... I don't take credit for it because it's really my husband. Because I was like, he was like, we got to get these kind he's of mics. Tech. He's, he's he's a tech you're, guy. You're the tech guy. He's a tech guy, one hundred percent. Yeah, he's, he's like, tech, we got it. Your talent, it's a good exactly. Combination. It is a good combination. Yeah, I never <laughs> had that before. I always married talent, and talent and talent is like, I don't know what to do. We yeah, that, that yeah. doesn't get much done. No, we get we got nothing I like, done. I like that. I always married talent. You know, the first six marriages <laughs> were talent, this and then I third moved one? over to tech. This is my third the, marriage. Really? Yeah. You I didn't know that. Three times, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's like every time I do it, I, I improve. I realize things. I'm like, I want someone who knows how <laughs> to do You know he's tech. sitting here. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, the people listening, he's sitting right here. <laughs> he's going to edit uh, it, too, so he's going to hear it. Um, do you do you know um, Mike Burton? Mike Burton. Mike Burton's a comic, and he got engaged last week. Uh, he is considerably older than his wife. Considerably, like yeah. how much? Older? Thirty years. Thirty years older. And he said, "Either this works, or it's your starter marriage." <laughs> <laughs> Thirty years, yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine. You know, I've I've always dated people younger than me because I have an insane amount of energy. And you know, my husband's ten years younger than me, and I should have went twenty years because I exhaust him. He, Again, exhausted. he's sitting right here. <laughs> he knows this isn't good. He's le- so so. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. He's like the great. He's like the greatest. Guy. He he can actually put up with me because I'm uh, difficult. Have you ever been married? No, I've never been married. I, I was almost married once, and I'm glad I didn't marry that woman because okay. that turned out to be and she's sitting totally right here, insane. which is awkward now. Yeah. And then there's one who I consider the one who got away. That we still talk, and who knows? We both we both, we have this insane energy, and we wondered if it because she ended up in another relationship and having a son and like we would talk, you know, Christmas and then that ended and we were like, I wonder if the energy's still there. And we, um, we actually reconnected recently and we, it was like funny how we fell right back into it. Like, and and her sister was really funny. Her sister's like, so what are you two's intentions? (laughs) (laughs) So do you think it could work? I I don't know, Andrea. I'm so used to being single. I'm an old bachelor. 
Yeah. I'm an old, old, well, how, wow, I'm so I just, old I use the word bachelor. I just created a um, show in my head right now for you. But uh, yeah, great. so so you know what it is? I'm just set in my ways. And mm-hmm. you know, you know, years ago, a long time ago, they asked uh, um, Lewis Black, you know, why'd you never get married? Ah, I'm married to this shit. <laughs> and I just was like, yeah, that's it exactly. Yeah. And, a, and a woman told me, a woman I dated, back when I first started my career, she said, you know, who, any woman in your life is going to be a mistress. Mm. This is your wife. Yeah. I mean, she. it was funny to me because she saw it. I'm talking in my first two years wow. of comedy. She saw that. She was like, yeah, there's nothing that's going to, you know. So, Nothing's going to come between that. When did you yeah. start in, in comedy? 93. Okay. And 93. what brought you to comedy? I, um, well, I could always make people laugh. I always had that. And then I had been in the aerospace business and I started training new uh, mechanics. I was working at McDonnell Douglas teaching and I had more fun making them laugh and getting in front of the class, which is, you can turn the air off if that noise. It won't up, bother it. Anyway, getting in front of the class was my first time like public speaking in front of people. Mm-hmm. Most natural thing in the world. I was not, I was not the least bit nervous. Like people get nervous about that. To me, it was like, oh, this no is. No big deal. Yeah. So, uh, so you put those two together and you decide to try comedy, which I did. And never look back from Where my first living? five minutes. In L.A. Okay. Yeah. I, Are you I born and raised L.A.? No. Born and raised in New York. Okay. And I moved to That's L.A. for the aerospace business. But uh, I, as I say, oh. I started my career in L.A. because I didn't know I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> you know. And Why? Uh, are, you not, are you not supposed to start your career? You're not supposed to start in L.A. or New York. You're supposed to learn how and then move to the big city. Oh, really? You know? I didn't know that either. I started in yeah. L.A. too. Yeah. Because, it, well, for one thing, in L.A. even more so than New York, right? And you know... It's so hard to get stage time oh, and so this hard. and that, yeah. you know, and and it was all of that. But I I didn't know, I didn't know that because it was my normal, right? right. So and so you know the same thing. Like you get yeah. up wherever you can, but the can. the great thing about L.A. was when you get up, when you got a spot in a club, you were up with the best, right? You know, you. I mean, I remember I was a doorman at the Laugh Factory. Um, every night hoping people didn't show up, right? Because that was my deal with Jamie. If somebody doesn't show up, I get to <laughs> I go, go up. On. And and you you know, I was going up with with George Wallace and Damon yeah. Wayans and um Dom Herrera and and George Lopez and all of them were yeah. you know, they were all there. It was like, oh, this is this is who and when you go on stage, right? Nobody says to the crowd, "Oh, be nice to him. He's new." Right? They like, don't. No, you're, you're just, just another comic. To right. Step up. So. That's interesting. We have kind of the same story because I was Jamie's assistant. Yeah. And I was working at the Laugh Factory, and I, my mother, did comedy. Didn't do comedy, but she ran comedy clubs in Vegas. She oh, okay. like little. She had little rooms. Open Is this mics, where you whatever. grew up? Is this you? You have a background. I grew up here in or? Jersey, and then my mom moved us to Vegas. So I oh, lived okay. in Vegas when I was young. But I was living in LA, and I was acting. And then I got a job working for Jamie. And my mom used to always say to me, "Do stand up. Do you should do stand up." And mm-hmm. I was like. I'm an actress, like I'm a serious actress. I'm not going to be a comic. But like you, I always had that ability to make people laugh. And then when I was working at the Laugh Factory, it was kind of like, what do they say? Like a shadow artist. I was watching all the other comics, but I was it was starting to build in me, you know? Yeah. But I was watching the best. Mm-hmm. I wasn't watching, I didn't grow up watching open micers. I grew up watching the best at the Laugh Factory. And so when I, um, when Jamie fired me, um, 
then I was like, I think which I'm is like do this. the best thing that can happen to you to anybody is right? leaving Jamie. I love Jamie. We're we're still friends, too. and the I factory's my home club. Yep. But I am so glad when he asked to manage me that I said no. Yeah. And, oh uh, yeah. And but, you know, when I quit the job at the door, he was mad at me. Like he denies it now. He didn't give me a spot for two years. Wow. After I quit, he was just you know. But it's so great to <laughs> to have work there. Because then you you just know everything. You just know yeah. all the inside stuff. When I worked there, um, I came in blind. I didn't know anything about Jamie. I didn't know anything about the Laugh Factory. I became his assistant. And um, and I just was like, wait, you manage comics? I'm like, well, let's get them auditions. So I started getting the breakdowns. I started getting it rolling. Yeah. And, uh, and then he very quickly was like, no. Because I said, we need like a service that can drop people's headshots off. Because this is before everything right, was right. really electronic. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, no, sweetie, Pat's going to deliver the breakdowns. <laughs> and I was like, who's Pat? He works here, sweetie. He I put remember the thing Pat. on the signs. I go, all right, yeah. well, well, I need to call him. He's like, he doesn't have a phone. We just go outside and yell, Pat. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. you got to be kidding al- me. No, Pat was always there, though. Right. I was like, you got to be kidding me. I can't have Pat mm-hmm. going to NBC, <laughs> dropping off people's headshots. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was a mess. Yeah, those but, those were days. Those were fun days, though. Those yes, were fun days. very fun days. And that's how. Uh, so he he told me like go out and find some new talent. And so that was when I I had seen uh, Adam Hunter and I brought Adam Hunter and he signed yeah. Adam Hunter's like this three year contract. And Adam said to me. Listen, I'm really signing with you, so don't. You're not going anywhere. So I'm not going anywhere. It's like next week I was fired. It was, like, it was great. That's funny. I didn't realize you were the door guy. So what? Yeah, I was door. Was I wasn't that? there long. I was at the door no for a long. few months. Um, what happened was I did the open mic, right? So you, you know, you right. had to wait outside for Remember eight hours that. to do your three minutes. And Jamie told me he needed a guy on the door, so I said, "All right, I'll do it." I said. But I'm not getting physical with people. Like I'm not. I'm not here to beat up people. Right. If I tell them to shut up or leave, if they do it, fine. If they don't, I don't know what you're gonna do. So you know, of course, you don't have those problems at the Laugh yeah. Factory, you know. Uh, but anyway, um, Fraser Smith saw me, and this is when Fraser had his show, Fraser Smith After Midnight, which was at the Laugh uh, Factory. Yeah. Okay. It was a big show. It was every Friday night. It was on KLSX, the radio show, and wow. Fraser was still with them, and. Every we, I mean, everybody would come to that show from the Lakers to porn stars. It was a wow. Friday night hangout. It was from midnight to like two a.m. You would get get, you know, rock stars and and all these different comics would do it, and it was it was a lot of fun. So Frey saw me on stage and he liked me and he said, "Hey man, will you help me write my monologue and do a warm up every week?" Now for me. I'm a new comic, right? It was great because I had to do a new five minutes every week. That's great. So it was a great uh, training thing, and I and I was helping Fraze with his jokes. And the great thing about Frazier, as you know, is he could take any joke and make it bad. You know, he is just <laughs> that's a talent. I mean, it's fun. I mean, that's yeah. part of his comedy. Yeah, is how bad he tells jokes. That's yeah. part of the the thing of being Fraze. But it's hilarious the way he does it. Well, Jamie got mad. Because I said, Jamie, I ain't doing the door anymore. I'm working for Phrase, yeah, right? Yeah, I got I'm, a new you job. Know, I wasn't here. My career wasn't doorman. And that's <laughs> when Jamie got mad at me. So I would do Phrase's show. And then after, I think Phrase's show lasted another year or so. That's but, a long time at the Laugh Factory to have a show. Yeah, but, the, well, the, his was with KLSX. The show was with okay. KLSX, just done at the Laugh Factory. But that was when I got in at the end of the big TV boom. So 
I think it was called Comic Strip Live, was filmed yeah, every week at the right. Laugh Factory. Wow. And we used to have to like rearrange the chairs and stuff. Like Pat Buckles, who I don't know if you know, Pat was a booker. She Pat's booked everything, but at that time, Pat used to book Comic Strip Live. And all I would hear is people yelling, Buckles, where's Buckles, right? <laughs> and and in my head, I was like, I want to work for her. Like, yeah. I want her. And then a couple of years later, when Comedy Central was doing um, uh, Make Me Laugh, which okay. was a, a game show, comics had one minute to make somebody laugh, like one-on-one, the way we're talking. Right, right. And she booked me for that. And I was like, all right. And and we've become friends over the years. Pat, she was working. Last time I worked with Pat, she was... Um, running the galas at Montreal at Just for Last. Oh, wow. But, yeah, okay. Pat's been around forever. But, but yeah, so I know people from those days, and uh, and it's still, you know, it was fun. It was fun. It was, yeah. it, that was my education. It's crazy because when I think back on those times now, they were really fun times. It was very hectic because I was, he had, when I came in, I think it's just kind of my energy or whatever, I was very excited to be there and I was a worker. I came from CAA. I'd worked Mm -hmm. at CAA before. So I was like used to like putting in 12, 14 hours. So every week we'd have like a meeting of of everybody at the Laugh Factory and we'd all sit around this table and Jamie would ask people, he'd be like, what do you do, buddy? I don't know what you do. And he'd be like, Jamie, what are you talking about? I run this. No, you're not going to do that anymore. Andrea, you're going to do that now. So he just kept giving me more and more jobs, which is how I got fired because (laughs) I didn't know how to do half the shit. So he took away um, booking comics Mm -hmm. and gave it to me. Which I became friends with so many comics. So all of a sudden, I had comics call me all the time. Can I do Saturday night? Can I do Friday night? Can I get a spot? So anyway, I ha- he told me I had to send out the lineup. So I didn't know Excel, but I knew like uh, the vice president, Sean, was like, just put them all in there and then you just mail it out. Well, I didn't realize that that Excel is like sheets. Yeah. So I mailed out the entire workbook. And in the entire Excel workbook, page one was the schedule. Page two was phone numbers of every comic who ever lived, Roseanne Barr, Robin Williams, right. I mean, Dane Cook. Every, and so... so they were like, they had to fire me. So it was like, after it went out, I started getting emails from people going, oh, Jesus, good luck. You know, and I was like, yeah. what did I do? So that was how. Somebody did that at the improv. They sent out, they sent out the booking thing and they didn't, um, they didn't blind copy everyone. They copied everyone. Oh, okay. So everyone had everyone's email, but you know, you know, it's like, yeah, but you think I'm going to go through all these looking for people? Looking for you know? people? So. And, and probably, you know, it's not going to be like it's, you know, it's not going to be Alonzo Bowden at Gmail, probably. Right. It's probably right. going to be something, you know, incognito. But it was funny because uh, Don Marrera, who's always, he was always yeah. a fan of mine and always in my corner. He was like, Jamie, are you kidding? Half those people would be happy if someone called them. <laughs> <laughs> those people on that list would love a phone call or a job or anything. That's funny you mentioned Dom. When I did uh, New Faces in Montreal, which was when that was like my big break when I gave up the day all the day jobs and mm-hmm. just became a comic. Dom was the host, and after my set, he was like, "Wow, I thought you were just a doorman." <laughs> He's like, "I always thought you were like just a funny doorman. You're good." Dom is like one of the funniest people. And then when uh, how did Last Comic Standing come about? So uh, years after that, after doing New Faces. Um, now, were you managed at that time, or you were just like kind of getting around in the no, scene? No, when I when I did New Faces, let's let's see when I yeah when I did New Faces, I was hip pocketed by a guy, but well, I was managed by Rick Rogers and hip pocketed by APA. Mm-hmm. What had happened was I knew Tommy Davidson. Tommy, you know, I just oh, okay. met Tommy. He was a 
buddy and Tommy was doing a show and I said, hey man, can I get tickets to the show? And he's like, hey, you want to open? So I ended up opening, wow. doing 10 minutes and his manager, Rick Rogers, liked me. So Rick said, hey man, I'm going to start managing you. I'm going to send you out with Tommy. So I spent about a year opening for Tommy at various clubs and that was great. That was a great education. And then new faces came up and I, again, I was lucky that I was I was still somewhat naive, right? Mm-hmm. So I knew what New Faces was, and this is in 97. This is when they were still doing deals in Montreal. Right. So my goal was like to go up there and get a deal, right? But but I had to get in first. So I did my audition, and they didn't tell. they Back then, again, no internet, so they kept it secret. So in June, they said, hey, you got New Faces. And I was like, all right. And I came and I was like, I got to get a deal. And my girlfriend at the time, she was like, really? Like not even going to enjoy for one day that you got in? <laughs> like right away you have to right get away. it. I was like, yeah. Agenda. I, you know. so, um, so I went up and I did, I did my set. And, you know, people, people talk about moments. Like I remember the moment I got discovered. I, I remember the moment. What happened was I had this joke. I said, I don't like hockey. Right now, when you say that in Canada, that boo, boo, I was like, yeah. shut up. I don't like hockey. It's because the only thing black is the puck. And every time I look, they're hitting it with a stick. I said, but golf, on the other hand, right? So, so the joke kills. So right. after the set, my manager, Rick, comes running. It was in a two-tier place where agent, um, industry was up on the balcony, audience down. Says, He's, he said, you are about to make a ton of fucking money. He said, wow. and the key word is ton of fucking. He said, <laughs> when you told the audience at New Faces to shut up, everyone stopped, looked down, and said, who's that guy? Oh, and, wow. But, but to me, it was just like, well, they, it's an audience. Like, yeah. yeah, I tell the audience to shut. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and then that's what you do. And then the, the second, so that was, you did a show Thursday, and we did another show Saturday. And Saturday, I did a different set. And I'm like, oh, my God, he did a different set. He did, And I'm like... It's seven minutes. Like I got right. fourteen minutes. Right, you, you right. know, I'm I'm not realizing that. Oh, I wasn't supposed to do. You know, but it, but anyway, it it ended up being great, and and I signed with William Morris, and I got a deal, That's and great. I got some money, and then I started working, and you know, you just again grinding. Now I'm starting to headline the B rooms and and yeah. featuring A's, and you know, do you know get stuff like this, and that got Keenan's TV show back when Keenan and Ivory Wayans had a TV show, and mm-hmm. so on. Then a few years later, when Last Comic came up, they asked me to audition, and I did, and I made it past the first audition, and they wanted me to come back, and they had this, I don't know if you signed or you ever went, they had this long-ass contract basically saying, from the moment you audition, NBC's going to own you. Own you, right. And I had auditioned for this movie, and again... We we thought it was we thought it was uh, we didn't know what the movie was we knew it was Queen Latifah in a movie well it turned out to be Bringing Down the House which was a yeah. huge it was her first hundred million dollar movie huge movie with yep. Steve Martin and it started my career of being security to the stars of big movies because I played the bouncer at a house party <laughs> at you know in Steve Martin's backyard but right. I had two scenes in the movie one with Steve Martin the other with Queen Latifah right which is kind of thing you That's want great yeah. But, you know, when I got the offer to movie, we basically told Last Comic, well, hey, I'm, I'm doing the movie. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not doing, 
I'm not doing your little show. Right. And uh, <laughs> their little show turned out to be pretty good. So It worked out, right? Yeah, so the following year I went back and I did season two of Last Comic and I, and I was runner-up. And that was a great season. You know, the show was much more popular then. It was you know? very popular. It was, yeah. it was a huge summer show. It, was, it wasn't as big as Idol, but it was covered like that. But it was that. like, like Idol. It was, it was yeah. one of these, the what they call the A-level reality shows. Right, and, I remember and, it. Um, yeah, so we did that. And then after all of that, they said, hey, we're going to do another season. Best of the best. We want you guys to come back. And it was like, great. And I, I went back and I ended up winning season three. And and we're all still friends. You know, we were yeah. all still, there were some feuds and rivalries during the show. We all stayed friends. But one guy who I was friends with, and we were from the very start, from our, our Vegas audition, we were roommates and we were, went through the whole thing, is John Heffron. Oh, yeah. Me and Hef, and Hef, I didn't even realize, but Hef said, this ain't the first time we competed. He said, we went against each other on Star Search, and you beat me. He said, you don't even remember oh, me. wow. And I was like, no, nah, I really don't. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, so, so you did Star Search, too. I did Star Search for Arsenio, and Arsenio hosted oh, right. it in okay. like 01 or 02 or whatever. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so Hef and I made an agreement to never compete in anything in life ever again. Like ever. We, we just went up so many times. <laughs> and we're, we're still, but we're actually neighbors now. We, we live on opposite sides of this golf course in Woodland Hills. That's so cool <laughs> when you can when you can start, you know, have experiences like that with people and stay friends over the years and Yeah, we like I said we all did. And and I was pretty neutral when we did the show. You know, me and Kathleen Madigan were kind of the we were older than everybody and we were kind of the grown-ups mm-hmm. and we didn't get too caught up in the drama. Mm-hmm. But I mean I mean Gary Goldman and I we were friends before, but but I love that guy. We became good friends during the show. Me and Tammy became really good friends. Uh, during the show. Love and, Tammy. What's she yeah. doing now? She's still doing Tammy's stand-up? still touring and doing her thing. Yeah, Tammy, she, um, she was on that tour with, um, uh, why am I blanking on her name? There, there was a, she wasn't a comic, she was an actress, but she had a comedy tour with like a funny women of comedy thing. Uh, blonde woman. She got oh, a show uh, on. Jennifer Coolidge? Ex- no. no um, but anyway, Tammy did that tour. It'll come to me after we finish the podcast. Tuesday, I'll remember the name. We'll just keep going until Tuesday. But but um, <laughs> Tammy did that. Tammy moved back east, right? And you know she's married. Right. She's got a got a son, and Luca. she tours, and yeah. she does. Yeah, she's doing clubs and theaters and doing her thing. She's doing good. She's. That's great. I just missed her. She was in L.A. like a week ago, week or two ago. So I, I just love missed Tammy. her. Mm-hmm. So before Last Comic Standing, that was like the that was really the first competition show for comics, right? Well, other than. Star you know, Search. Star Search and but that the Next was like Big they were Star doing a lot and stuff of, like that. Yeah, yeah. Th- those were the shows where comedy was one genre of the show. Right. You know, they'd have a singer and they'd have a... Right. I, I always loved Spokesmodel. I always yeah. wonder, like, okay, when you win Spokesmodel, what's your next gig? Where do you yeah. go? Where do you go? You know? But um, Well, even the acting portion of Star Search was always weird to me. You know what I mean? It was like right. act a scene and... It was just like who was better in the scene. It was just a strange way. And I feel like comedy is like that too. Like how do you really judge? You know what I mean? You know, I, I was a judge on Last Comic. That was that was really interesting. I was a judge for season five. And it was really interesting to be on the other side of the table. Mm. Okay. So the first thing was I realized how big a deal it was to win because I saw how many people auditioned. And I kind of felt better about winning. Because when I was doing the show, the only thing doing the show was 
survive till next Tuesday, right? right. Every Tuesday there right. were cuts. So it was always survive till next Tuesday. And then when the three of us, when me, John, and, and Gary were on stage for the final show, uh, Hef was like, we made it to the last Tuesday. Because we would talk about that every yeah. week, you know. So, But the other thing is you'd see, you could almost judge what the talent was when they came in, right? So you had 10% that had no business being there. And right. they, they were the ones who a lot of them, they, they might be clowns. We had yeah. porn people, soap yeah. opera stars, people who just wanted to get on TV. Right. So you eliminate that 10% other than the, the train wreck that's fun to watch. Right. Then you had about, 60%, a big number, they were people who were, they just weren't ready yet. They've mm -hmm. been doing comedy two, three, maybe five years. They had a good bit there, but they didn't have the time. They weren't ready to hit yeah. TV, right? Then you had about 20%. Well, you had 10% that you're in. They, yeah. they were just the pros. They were Definitely good. They were gone. sharp. But the hardest ones was that group that you're all good enough, so why do we pick right. A over B? Right. And, you know, E over F and so on. Those, those were the ones that were difficult. But the other thing you found, we could almost tell how long you've been doing comedy by what you talked about. Really? Well, early on. Topics you're talking about. Early yeah. on, it's bodily functions. Oh, God, that's you really a lot of bodily on. functions. Yeah. <laughs> right. Then sex. Yep. Then you get um, travel, hotel and airplanes because you just started traveling in your <laughs> career, right? And then you had certain jokes that were in fashion. like my And, and the, there were jokes that would bug us. It was me, Aunt, and Kathleen. We were the judges. Kathleen hated twofer jokes. Twofer jokes is like, oh, um, my mom's Iranian and my dad's Jewish, so I'm, I got to bomb myself at dinner time. Right. You know what I mean? Like those jokes. She, the minute you started with that, right. she couldn't stand it. She was it. like, no. The ones that got me were all the women dated a homeless guy. Oh, geez. I dated a homeless guy. And I was like, no, you no, didn't. You didn't. Right. Now, I was like, the first woman that comes in and says, a homeless guy hit on me. And I said, get away from me, you fucking bum. <laughs> She's getting on the show. She's the first one that threw the bum out. You know, but yeah. it was a thing. It was a thing at the time that, that for whatever reason... So you you would yeah that would be what was funny mm -hmm. how many times you hear the same joke that's crazy same, I wouldn't even think about that yeah you'd hear the same jokes and the same premises over and over again now we missed on some people the biggest star we missed on was we passed on Lil Rel oh really yeah yeah so he's only a movie star now yeah that's and, all and I know him you know and I and I saw him at a show I said listen man I don't know if you remember this but. I guess I owe you a bit of an apology, and he just <laughs> laughed his ass off. He was real cool about it. But uh, well, was it because his material was he in that percentage? That he just wasn't, wasn't ready, ready yet. yet? Yeah. He wasn't ready yet. Yeah. It was it was early on in his career. This was fifteen years ago. You right. Know? So yeah, he just he wasn't there yet. And I just kind of have a theory sometimes too that like sometimes people are really strong actors and they can do comedy, but they're not comics. And then, and then there's comics that are, you know, can do some acting, but they're not actors. And it's like, there's, there's very few that I know that are, that can really excel in both. Right. Things. When you, you know, there aren't a lot of Robin Williams or Billy Crystals right. or, or Damon Wayans right. running around, you right. know, that that is a truly incredible and unique talent. And also yeah. to love doing both. Right. Because some people like, like Ken Jong. You know, Dr. Yeah. Ken, who I love, great guy. I've known yeah. him forever. He liked acting more. Yeah. And he just came back and he did a stand-up tour and he did a, a Netflix special. But like when he went into acting, he went all in on acting and he wasn't doing his stand-up for years, you know. Right. And um, yeah, so so it's a different thing. That, but the other thing, when you talked about judging comedy, 
it is subjective. Sometimes it's picking the right material. We had great comics yeah. that picked the wrong material. Right. And and but we can't we couldn't say, well, you're you're in because we know you're a great comic. Yeah. You kinda had to go by the set you did on yeah. that given night. So that was And that's kind of what comedy that's is part though. Of it. You yeah. know what I mean? You it's be, like you, you could be a great comic, but you could have a shitty set just based on what on what you choose. And sometimes it's and I find it's really I don't know if you experience this, but in Vegas it's kind of the strangest. Like I do um I do Hooters and uh you know, most of the time it's tourists, you know, yeah. sometimes you get locals or whatever, but it's like almost midway, not midway through the set, but like, like almost mid joke. I'm like, Oh, we got to take a left here because this material's not going to Vegas. This crowds, is not your crowd. This Vegas is not your crowds scene. are such a roll of the dice. Yeah. You know, because you, depending on what's going on at the hotel or whatever, you may get a, a real conservative group. Or you may get a group, you know, you may get a, a big ass bachelorette party yeah. or you may, you know, generally Vegas is a cross section of America, which is pretty cool with some Canadians sprinkled in. <laughs> but yeah, you definitely get weird vibes. Some night. You know, it, you get a cross section of the whole sort of United States here because yeah, everybody's yeah. coming and, from. And do you do a lot of political stuff in your, yeah, in your stand up? Yeah. yeah. I, I love it. Yeah. You know, uh, and that came after Last Comic. I did more personal stuff before Last Comic, but Last Comic, I became more of a topical, uh, political, social commentary guy, which I, I just enjoy more, you know? Yeah. And and the funny thing about the political climate now is the hardcore Trump people have no sense of humor. That's rough. They're very angry people, but yeah. it, that's why it doesn't bother me because right. it's like, well, no. You're, it, I'm not wrong. Yeah. You're just angry. Yeah. You're, that's also <laughs> too bad. You know, yeah. don't come to the show. Right. And and that's what it got. Uh, one guy who ran a comedy club, he said, yeah, man, I stopped giving refunds. Uh, you don't like it, leave. Yeah. It's like, uh, just because you don't agree with what's on stage, right. you know. And I, I'm like, yeah, because I'm sure political comedy was fine with you when Obama was president. Right. You know, right. I'm, you, I'm sure you didn't have any problem with Bill Clinton jokes or yeah, Hillary Clinton jokes true, or whatever. Right? And think you about know, that. They, yeah. And now they're sensitive because, and their guy happens to be an idiot. And it's just such easy material. And, you think there's going to be no jokes about him. And what happens is the right wing provides more characters. It's just a thing. There were, there, you know, like back with when you had Rush Limbaugh or somebody. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like the left wing, they're boring. Hillary Clinton was boring from a comedy standpoint. Oh, we were hoping. <laughs> Barack Obama. You win. The, uh. the funniest thing about Barack Obama is there's nothing wrong with this guy. Right. That's what became fun. This guy's perfect. There's yeah. got to be something. You know what I mean? And he even had a sense of humor, yeah. which made it even. But. But the right wing, you tend to get more of the natural characters, the crazies. So and that's, this one is just that's who you make fun of. Yeah, you know, and and it's like get over it, you know. So, but yeah, I, I love doing topical and polit You know, the, the biggest compliment I ever got, um, a writer did a, a thing about Carlin in Playboy, and he wrote me as one of the spawn of Carlin. Oh, and wow. I always took that as a, as an incredible compliment. It to is be, a compliment to be part of that school. Yeah. You know, I mean, if George Carlin was around today, but you know what? I, I think he'd stop because you get tired of Trump jokes after a while. It, it's it's almost like you have to do it, but, you know, okay, he said something else stupid, but then he says things that just, you know, yeah, wind, windmills, 
the sound of windmills causes cancer. Yeah, okay. I'm supposed to not mention that? Like, right. I'm un-American because I say that's stupid? Well, I'll go ahead and be un-American. Yeah, you know? it, it almost is really good for comedy, right? To just, yeah. like, have that much material? In a way, but I, I just think you have, like, Saturday Night Live, I think they're falling into it where you just become too one note. Yeah. So, you know, on occasion, I will challenge myself to not mention Donald Trump for a whole show. Okay. And it's like, just don't mention him. Right. And do and, and just, you know, because you got to, I don't know, keep yourself on your toes, right? As a comic, I come yeah. up with different challenges because I never want it to become a recital. Right. So, right. You don't want to become locked in. Now, do you write, like, are you one of those comics that, like, gets up and writes, like, a religion no, every day? No, I am not. I am not that disciplined. Gary is. Mm-hmm. I admire him. I write when something strikes me as funny. Okay. When, or when something gets on my nerves. Right. Then I write. Like, I have this whole thing. Now, what I'm working on now is this whole thing about what we're talking about, about people telling you not to talk about something. Right. Because it's like only comedy do they do that. You know, no one no one goes to the ballet like, I don't want any nutcracker. <laughs> all right. You, enough. N- I don't want nothing. You're like, nobody does that. You That's know, it, only in comedy do they feel that they have the right to tell us what to say. What to say, right. And, and it's beautiful because the moment you do, it's like, well, you just did the best request I'll ever get. Because now I have to do <laughs> now that. Now I have so. to do that. Yeah, it's true too. And 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 with comedy, do you like? Do you have jokes that you just like retired? You'll never do that joke yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. I do um, because when you do topical stuff, it con- it continually changes. Right. So I have people asking me about a bit I did two years ago, and I honestly don't remember it. And then they'll start and be, "Oh yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. that." And sometimes I'll be like, "Oh yeah, wait a minute, that's still funny." That's still let me I bring that, that back. You know, yeah. because because as new stuff comes in, right? Then then. Just from a time period yeah. um, standpoint, you have to remove something else. You still have 45 minutes or an hour, right? So so now if there's a new bit, say I'd like now I have a new bit about Jussie Smollett and, and Robert Kraft, you know, well, something's got to go. So I got to drop something about, <laughs> right. you know, health care or whatever, student loans. What is your feeling on the whole Jussie Smollett thing? Oh, Jussie, you know, <laughs> it's, it, it's great that you asked. So... Jussie was wrong. He's an asshole for what he did. Okay. Right. But there's a lot of comedy in what he did. The idea that, and, and I say this, as a comic, my job is to create a reality funnier than the one we live in. Right. So you're asking me to write a joke funnier than a black gay man paying two black men to pretend they were white and whip his ass? <laughs> I can't top that. It doesn't. That's, I can't That's outright gold. that. That's gold. But, so, so, you know, and then he got busted. But the thing now... The thing that I sort of like about Jesse is how he got out of it, because what he did was he called a friend who called the state attorney's right. office that made it go away. And I'm like, man, that's white people shit. That is. I'm proud of you, <laughs> brother. True. You done pulled some white people that's shit. Italian there. That, shit right that, there. Yeah. yeah. When, you, when you got a friend in the state attorney general's office, I got to yeah. admire your game. Don't that's... worry about it. One day I'm going to need something from you, but we're just going to, yeah. yeah. What, what's interesting so. to me about it is, you know, people go, well, it's money motivated. He wanted to like make, I just don't like, it's so not well thought out. How bad is your agent? Right. You had the worst. If that's your negotiating tactic, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you have an agent. Okay. Yeah. If you're one of the stars of Empire, if you're one of the people 
that the fans really love, yeah. then your agent's supposed to say, hey, he ain't working for 65 grand. Come that's up right. with 100 or whatever. And, like that's. And I do say that's not enough money. I'm sorry. 65 grand is not enough money for that show, as successful as it was, what the ratings were, which now they're like, I think, a quarter of right. what they were. Um, but yeah, for, for but where the show what? was ratings-wise, they should have the been deal. making more money. You made Absolutely. the deal. Look at sports. Absolutely. Look at sports. How many times is the highest paid player the best player no no it's just not. got the best agent he got the best deal you don't get because what you... he negotiated at the right time right. somebody else is coming off especially like you're a young player right you're a young young baseball player or something so you're coming off of a deal where you were making five million a year yeah. but you're a better pitcher than the guy making 20 million a year. right well in your next deal your yeah. agent better get you 25 million a year right. you know you got back pay coming or something and that and well, that's, that's the way it is with with tv and and um movies and stuff like we were talking about uh, Billy Gardell earlier, right? Who I mm-hmm. love. Billy's a great guy. But when Billy was doing Mike and Molly, you know, she could have left at any time. Yeah. She could have said, hey, I'm a movie star now. Yeah. So, but she she agreed to her contract. I'm pretty sure she got a raise. 100%. <laughs> what? If she you had know, a good she, manager agent. Yeah, she got that, a raise. It's that she, old thing where you don't get what you deserve, you get what you negotiate. Right. And, and, and I managed actors, and I have to tell you, it's all mindset. You know what I mean? I had actors that had a fraction of the talent of other actors, but they were like, they were all about that money. They wanted that money. They were serious about it, you know? And then there were other people that were like, hey, don't rock the boat. Don't, uh, you, what are yeah. you going to say? I'm like, I'm going to get you more money. Do you want more money? And when you sign a deal, you know, I've never been a money guy. I've been, right. uh, my agent does that, you know, and I told him, I said, look, man, I'm, I'm, I do what I do. You do what you do. Right. You know, and I trust you to get, to get them. And I joke with my agent about the best agents and the worst agents. Like the, the woman now who, um, she did the thing with Mark Wahlberg. I'm blanking on her name where she only got paid a thousand dollars for the redo and he got like a million. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, Michelle yeah. something. Yeah. Michelle, Michelle Williams. Michelle Williams. Yeah. Well, yeah, there is a, a sexual discrimination, um, you know, unfair pay that's aspect also your to it. Agent. Yeah. But it's also how bad is your agent? Your agent, <laughs> you a thousand dollars. She's an Oscar winner. Yeah. If you're an Oscar winner, you don't yeah. do anything for a thousand dollars. You know what I mean? Like you Nothing. don't go to your brother's birthday right. party. <laughs> like you only got a grand. Yeah, I'll send you a card. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so who is her agent? True. To make that deal. Now, it'd be one thing if, you know, he got a million and you got like 700 grand, then you might figure out, okay, this or that. But no, you... $1,000? What's wrong with your agent? Mate? Your your agent's job is to find out what everyone else gets paid. Absolutely. And, and fight for it. And get you something. Yeah. So, so, yeah, you know, there's a, there's a discrepancy in pay between men and women, but it's almost like this case is too ridiculous to use for the As example. As an example, right? Because, right? so, anyway... I try to get paid. I just find out what women are on the show and make sure I get paid more than them. <laughs> that, no. goes, that goes without saying. You're all Hon- set there. Honestly, um, Kathleen, Kathleen Madigan, who I love, and Kathleen does great. And I was joking with uh, Just for Laughs about how much Kathleen got paid and how much I got paid. And they said, listen, with all due respect, we love you. There's only one Kathleen Madigan. And I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> you know? She, she's great. She's phenomenal. Yeah. And, and she, she has a niche, right? There's one thing, and you know this as a woman who's done comedy. There aren't a lot of women who are as great a comic as she is. Right. You know what That's I mean? So, so if they're looking yeah. at a men to put on the show, 
And it, this is no knock against women doing comedy. It's just numbers. Yeah. They have a choice. There's a bigger pool of men to choose for a given, for a show, yeah. you know, versus women. Than women, and she's, yeah. she's like, well, we can't, you know, we can't get Ellen. Right. We can't get, you right. know, whatever, but we can get Kathleen, Kathleen his so she's built that, yep. you know. So, 100%. so I, yeah, so I'm I not mad I, at her. No, not at all. And I, I, I love her. I think yeah. she's super talented. But I've never been. Um, there's a lot of like, um, I don't know what you'd call it, like animosity or whatever with women and other women comics. I mean, I, I have a girl that we were kind of coming up at the same time, and man, she just like man turned hard on me just like not and it's like so weird it's like it's yeah like, i uh i think it happens more with women and and i don't know if that's a does. thing of women like you know how, like i do a joke i say you know if women could ever get along yeah they'd run everything over. well i think <laughs> you know, i have but, a theory that i think it has to do with the fact that like men as kids are taught to play together they do yeah. sports so they're taught to like play as a team women do beauty pageants and so we're taught to like compete against each other even in dance and that kind of stuff when we're little it's always like who's going to be up front who's going to be in the back so i don't know i think we just don't learn how to play together it's interesting you said that because i heard someone say that's exactly what it is they say well yeah. boys play sports yeah so boys learn to get along and they learn to stay friends even when they lose. Yeah. You know, you compete, yes. but when it's over, like, well, we're going to compete again tomorrow. Yeah. You know, so they, so the, the last kid picked on this team is great on that team and all of that, you know? So yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure there's some of that, um, that makes a difference, but yeah, it's all in how it's all in how you're, how you're raised and what you're exposed to. So you talked about actor like some people liking acting more than comedy. What about you? I'm not an actor. You don't I, consider I yourself learned, to be an actor? No, I learned. I went to acting classes. I had a great acting coach early on, um, Janet Elhante. And Janet's talent was taking people from different genres. Like she's the one who who took Meatloaf and made him an actor to do uh, Fight Club and yeah. stuff. You know what I mean? And yeah. she worked with with models and and so on. She And that was her thing. And she, she told me, she said, you could do this, but you're all about comedy. Yeah. Right? And she, she had me doing Othello. Wow. Because people were like, you look like, and you should. And, yeah. and I was like, I can't do it. She said, yes, you can. And I did it. You know, acting is about tapping into emotion mm -hmm. that I'm not good at, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not good at, at tapping into the emotion. Comedy is more intellect, mm -hmm. which is my natural thing. And, and, um, I learned enough about acting to know what a good actor is. Yeah. When I see a great actor, and, and I tell people, like, you don't realize how difficult that is. Oh, when you see so, it on yeah. the screen, you don't understand. They they created that 15 times Yeah. because they had to shoot it over and over and so on. And yeah. um, so I respect that. I tell my agent, what I need you to find is how bad actors get work. Right. I want to be that guy when you look. How did he get that show? I, can I be that can guy? Can you be that guy? How come that? Well, help me find well, his, you know. But Well, yeah, especially like sitcoms. You know, if you have a sitcom built around you and you're the main guy, you don't have to be that great of an actor. You just right. hire really good people right. around you. And and I've never been big enough as an actor, you know, because sitcom is big, over-the-top kind of comedy. And, yeah. I, and I do more subtle stuff. And right. it just, it's not... What goes so so it took me a while to become okay with that, mm. right? That I'm not an actor, it's not what I do, but I, I do really well in unscripted um talk shows, panel shows, yeah, hosting. You're a great host, that yeah. kind of stuff. That's my and that's where my talent is, so that's my gig. Yeah. And, that, and that's what I do. And it took a while to get comfortable with that. Also, when I was coming up, right, I I started right after the boom of the eighties. 
So I saw comics, um, you know, like like Chris Rock is is a great example, or Louis Black is another example. Their stand-up propelled their career. So right. in my head, it was like, oh, well, if you become great at stand-up, you get to do everything else. And it didn't quite work out that way. You yeah. know, me, me and Heffron joke about it that we were, we just missed the boom of the 80s and we were a little too old for the social media. Like we timed it perfectly to land in the middle and never make it. That it was just, oh man, you couldn't have aimed better than yeah. for our careers to peak when there was no no genre for us, you know. But but no, it, it is what it is. I, but there's I've a lot of other right. avenues now. You know what I mean? It's not necessarily just sitcom. ABC I love what I do. Style. I get I get I get a lot of work. I I work a lot. I would like to do more film and TV, but I, but at the same time, yeah, I understand that it's not necessarily my thing. You know, I mean, the, the great thing about it is the money, right? And, you know, yeah. I tell people like, so, Hey, would you want a TV show? It's like, are you asking me what I like to make six figures a week? <laughs> yes. You know, but I've always said yeah. it's, it's a lottery business. Oh, right? for it's sure. A, and and just because lottery. you get a show doesn't mean it's going to go. Yeah. doesn't mean it's going to get picked up. There's a lot of disappointment in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a lot yeah. of disappointment. And, and yet, and yet there's a lot. And then there's people who are making a ton of money in genres you'd never think of. You know, I, I mean, I know guys making a million dollars a year in Christian comedy doing these mega church comedy shows. Yeah. And it's like, who would have thought that, you know, but they, they found it. They found their, whatever. Yeah. I, I've, I've scored in the jazz world. Really? Yes. I, I host jazz festivals. I do these jazz cruises. Are you a, are you a jazz lover? Love it. Love really? it. And that's yeah. why they like me because I know the music, you know the music. and I know the musicians. So they, you can't fake that. No. They know. They know so, the, the, so they love it. And and it's something I never would have thought of, but it's like two things I love come together, you know. Do you sing? You play an no, instrument? I have no, None talent. Of that stuff. no None musical whatsoever. talent at all. I can play CDs. <laughs> CDs, kids. That's CDs. how we used to listen to music <laughs> before like, we streamed it. CDs, it what's that? Ask your parents. <laughs> I kind of missed that. Well, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. I could oh, chat this with has been you fantastic. For, yeah, for we could, three we hours. Could go on. We could go. We, we could do a Rogan episode forever. right now. We but, got uh, history. Yeah, we do. We have a lot of history. It's so yeah. good to see you. It's great to see you. I'm glad Vegas is working on you. You've been back here for some years now. Yeah, right? I, I came back. I came out here in uh, 2015. Yeah, but yeah. I'm in LA like every couple months, so it's not like I really, you know what I mean. I get right. back there, I get my fill, and then I come back here. But I live up in Summerlin, which is like. It's a little yeah. paradise up yeah, there. Yeah, it's a little, little And then I come down here and I get into it. I know. It's it. funny to people who live here when you ask them to do something on the Strip. They're like, like ooh, mm, the Strip. The Strip. Yeah. Know, well, it's just it's, like. It's like someone in the valley in L.A. Ooh, yeah. Over the hill. Over the hill. What? Uh, I got to pack a lunch and right. tell people or I'm going. Over, or someone over the hill going, yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing stand-up at the Ha Ha. They're like, where's that? Oh, in the no, valley? they don't go. The valley. Coming. No, I can't coming. go. Yeah, you did a lot of my shows. You did a lot of my, when I had my Friends with Benefit shows. I do. You know, I again, I love state the state. Like I yeah. never thought about, you know, I, I tell people like when you're a comic, you drive two hours to do 15 minutes for 50 bucks. Yeah. I used yeah. to drive to Bakersfield. Yeah. Like, woo, yeah. yeah like- I, I remember. Um, yeah. What, what is it on the way? Not um, not Barstow, Victorville. Wow. Yeah, there used to be a regular Wednesday night in Victorville for Bob Zaney. And it was like, wow. yeah, I'm going to Victorville. You go. You just you know, drive. What the hell? Yeah. It's only thirty dollars in gas, but I get paid twenty five. I could do this. <laughs> could make it work. This, this, yeah, but that's when you love something. You know you, what I mean? You got to do it. Those yeah. are the dues you pay. And, and you know, somebody told me early on, it was Tommy. I was I was opening up for Tommy. Tommy was I saw I happened to be there when we were getting paid. Tommy got five grand, and I got a hundred bucks. And he said, "Don't worry, the payments on the backside." <laughs> 
you know, and I've, I've been lucky. I made it to the backside. So now I get paid a little better. But that is funny. That does tell that. you how much you're worth when, wait a minute, he got 5,000 and yeah. I got 100. Yeah. Is that, but you know what? It still works like that. They still pay middle acts. Absolutely. 75, and, 100 and we, bucks. And, and, and we love to do it because it's just just what you're saying, just the stage time and getting a, and getting a B, you know, right. in the it's room and, and all that. And it's, it's what, what you, you do. do and you love it. And, you know, it's nice to just be able to do it and not worry about the money. Well, I got this plot. I'm looking for two guys to beat me up. <laughs> I'm going to get them some red hats. And, oh, damn, that's been done. It's already it? been done. Damn. Yeah. Oh, well. It didn't to work. work out. It didn't work out because <laughs> you got to earn your money. Crazy. Oh, I just, I had lunch today with George Wallace, uh, you know, who I love and was one of my mentors. <laughs> George was talking about, yeah, Jesse got to apologize to the Home Depot where he bought the rope. He got to apologize <laughs> to the Clorox beach bleach people. He got, oh. It just is so crazy in my mind. Like when you sit down to plan out some stuff, you know, you ever think about like, I I think about shit like right before I'm about to fall asleep and it seems like such a good idea. And then I wake up and I go, that's ridiculous. That'll never work. Not only that, if you're not a criminal, don't do crime. Right. He's not good at it. Same with the the rich parents, right? The rich parents uh, getting their dumb ass kids into school. Yeah. I'm going to put you on the football team from a school that doesn't have a football team. Yeah. That's probably not going to (laughs) work. Just mm-hmm. stupid, just stupid. stupid, not well thought out. This just yeah, you're a bad criminal. Yeah, don't don't if you if you don't know how to do it, you know. Right. Hire a pro. Don't write checks. Right. Don't anyone listening to this? If you plan in crime, don't use write a check. Cash. Right. Use, use cash. cash. Andrea's Italian. Yeah. I'm not saying, but she knows. I'm telling use you, right? Cash. Right. It's funny. It's like <laughs> you, my husband. When we first started dating. He, uh, we had a guy come over the house, and my family's not in the mob. I joke about it, but yeah. they're not in the mob. But we ha- we know people that were in the mob, mm. and so one of them came over for dinner. My husband's like very, you know, wasp family. You know what I mean? Just not never around any of that. Saw it in the movies. Knows nothing about it. But the guy said to him after dinner, he's like, I just bought a new car. My husband goes, oh, what kind? I'd like to see it. So the guy goes, well, come outside. I'll show it to you. So my husband says he's walking behind this ex-mob guy to the car, and he's thinking, oh, shit, is this how it happened? <laughs> like, is this, is this, you know, Let's I go said, for a ride. I said, oh, he would never kill you in front of my house. We don't do it like That's that. That's right. We, they go for a ride. Right? You would they, go you for go, a ride, yeah. not in the front. If he said, let me take you for a ride in a new car. That would be a different story. And someone's story. sitting behind you. Yeah. Then you then got you a got problem. it right. Then you got an issue. <laughs> Broad daylight in front of my house. What are we, amateurs? What are we, Jesse Smollett? Exactly. That's going to be the thing. You realize kids are going to say that. Like, yeah. what are we, Jesse Smollett? We're uh, not going to. Yeah, he's famous whether he likes it or not. Oh, terrible. But he did get out of it. You know, I, I got to give credit. When you when you call a friend who got that's, a friend at the state attorney's office, that's, you got some juice somewhere. That's the phone call to make. We, I think his <laughs> managers and agents must have been scrambling. Like, who do we know? Who do we know? Anyway, uh, well, it's a pleasure, my friend. Good to see you. you. And uh, where, see where can people check you out? Alonzoboden.com. Uh, just look up Comic Alonzo. You will either get me. Or Cristela Alonso, and I'm the one who's not a Mexican woman. Okay, so <laughs> that's how you tell the difference. Perfect. And you're at Brad's uh, all weekend. I'm at Brad Garrett's through Sunday. Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. Check it out. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you, Alonso. Always a pleasure. Thanks. Well, there we go. Another episode of Andrea Town in the can. That was so much fun. Thanks to Alonzo for for uh, being on the show. And please go and uh, like and subscribe to the podcast. Share it with your friends. 
And please send me an email. Let me know who else you'd like me to interview. I'm having so much fun doing this. Um, all the info's on andreanatoli.com. Please share that as well. And thank you guys so much for tuning in and supporting the podcast. I appreciate you. Trust.